Where do we begin, Jeff? Where do we begin? Where do we begin? This is Rage Against the Pod. This is the weekly Rage Against the Machine podcast where we get into a different song. We dissect it. We get into the nitty-gritty of it, Mm -hmm. and we try to have a good time doing it. My name is Tyler, and way out there, hundreds of miles way out there in the ether is Jeff. And um, go to iTunes. Go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Rage Against the Pod. Go check it out. Go do it. It'd be great if you gave us a five-star review and rating. That's all we care about. We don't really care about anything else, especially the, the listeners. Um, also, social media, Rage Against the Pod, go do that. And that's all I got. What song are we doing today? Um, Ghost of Tom Jode. If you didn't know by the, what we just played and what we just said, we're doing the Ghost of Tom Joad by Rage Against the Machine. And uh, if you didn't know, this song came from their fourth and final album, their covers album called Renegades. Came out in like 2000 or 2001, whenever the fuck that stupid album came out. Uh, this is a cover song of a Bruce Springsteen song from his 11th album that was released on November 24th, 1995. <laughs> and it's been it's been re-recorded by him and... A lot of people have played this damn song. So uh, what are your first impressions on this Rage Against the Machine cover? What do you got? Um, just to throw this out there, this is I don't really like this song that much. It's bottom of the barrel for you, huh? Yeah, this, besides Zapata's Blood, this is probably the worst song. that I, this, this will be the lowest on my list so far. I, I, dude, I cannot get into this. I don't know why. I don't know what was going on. I don't remember being this dull. <laughs> just, Have you always felt that way about it? About no. It? I mean, I guess I just, maybe I just like didn't remember this or maybe I just didn't like understand it. I don't know what's going on, but dude, this song is dull and it's just stereotypical rage. And the more we talk about these, uh, these renegade songs, the more renegade as a whole kind of loses, loses his charm with mm-hmm. me. And, Man, this song is just fucking dull. Even even the Rise Against live version, which I'm sure we might get into, even that was more fun because it was so dumb and bad mm. that I like to hate it. This mm. one was just like, I didn't even want to listen to it. So this... <laughs> and it's <laughs> long too. This is going to be a tough one for me because I really just didn't enjoy the song. It's like fi- it's like five minutes and 38 seconds, I think it is. It's five it's minutes and, and 38 seconds of the same fucking riff <laughs> and even zach couldn't save this one yeah it was it, it it really really just trudges along and it is a nice nice it is better than the original version i will say that i i'm not a springsteen man and uh and i just i don't really i don't like his music at all i've heard a lot of it and i just don't like it even nebraska like that's always like considered one of his best and i just don't get it the dude's like I an American institution. I know, and I don't. I just. I can't. I can't <laughs> do it. I cannot get into it. It's crazy. But th- this cover version is better than the original. It, at least it's more exciting, and that's. I mean, it's short lived, but yeah, it's more exciting. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, 
Uh, what, what do we want to talk about first? We want to talk about the Springsteen version a little bit, or do, should we talk more about the Rage song? What do you want to do? I like the Springsteen version. I, I it, dude, it starts off with the harmonica. That's way cool. Can't uh, can't no, hate so that. Cheesy. No, it's so cheesy. I, but I don't he, like the harmonica. But even the Spring, I, I don't know you're not really a harmonica guy, huh? Mm-mm, mm-mm. That's true. It, it cheeses up songs so much. That's why you hate Bob Dylan so much. I get it. I get it. I get well, there's it. a lot of reasons why I don't like Bob Dylan. But but but, it, but even the Springsteen version, that's also too long too. <laughs> like yeah, I know. That could have been a two minute song, and I would have been that's that was fine. Thank you. <laughs> but damn, I don't. I just and plus, I've never read like the Grapes of Wrath. Mm-hmm. I haven't either. And so maybe maybe that's why I was disconnected from the lyrics. And I, I thought the lyrics were fine. Cool, I guess. I actually I like know. the lyrics. I, 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 the lyrics were the best part of this entire song. I mean, if I had to pick a best part, it would be the lyrics. But that's not. I, I still couldn't connect with the lyrics on 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 a level I could with other Rage songs, even other Rage cover songs. Hmm, this, okay. Dude, this song was just like brutal for me. I don't know what the fuck was going on this week. I just I maybe, could not get into it. Maybe you just had a bad taste in your mouth because of the the music part of it that you just couldn't. Get into the lyrics, maybe? I don't know, because I, I really... I think the lyrics are pretty damn good. Well, I listened to the, br- I, the Springsteen version first to refresh myself, and then I listened to Rage. But even both times, I was just like, you guys are both just yeah, trying way <laughs> too hard. That's something that should not be this difficult. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, so, like I said, they the, the song where... The version we're talking about specifically is the one that's on Renegades. Uh, but they actually had played it originally yeah, back in 1997. It was actually released as a single for, uh, for fuck, what was it again? Oh, my God, I'm trying, trying to blank. Oh, it was it was released as a single to help support their um, like their, their VHS home movie. Yeah. Uh, or something like that. Wasn't the, it was a self-titled home movie, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think it was just like, like I, the whole, I, like, I think it was just like a concert or something. Yeah, but it was it was at it was at the same venue where the, the music video was shot at. It was at uh, yeah, Irvine, Irvine Meadows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Jeez. And it just, I I don't know. It, releasing this as a single, I just don't get it. Even the '97, especially in '97, they're just piggybacking just on Springsteen. It, I guess I. And what's weird too, like they they chose such a recent Springsteen song at that point. I mean, his song was released in November of 1995. So, <laughs> literally, like almost two years to the day later, they released their version um, as a single. Kind of strange. I a, also such, such had a recent song. I also had no idea that this was like his. You said like his 11th or 13th album in 95. Yeah. I, I had no idea he had that many albums up until 95. And I think that's only Bruce Springsteen albums. I don't think that's the <laughs> E Street. Know band albums it's ridiculous. because I, I looked at i looked at who who was who was played on this song specifically and max weinberg's not on it like only like i think one or maybe two guys from the east street band are playing on this song most of it's springsteen but i don't know i think i can probably only name three springsteen songs to be honest and <laughs> like how the fuck is he this? i can only name two and it's this and born in the usa oh you're born That's to like, run. Those are the only two. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. I guess that actually yeah. me. I, I can only name two as well. Then this one. <laughs> Damn, I just don't. Oh, whatever. I, the spring scene. I I I don't get it either. I don't understand. Whatever. And then this song, I also don't understand. I don't even really like this. I don't know what I'm fucking talking about. I don't want to talk about it. 
<laughs> and and a lot of people think it's interesting, which I don't think it's that interesting. But the uh, the rage version every time it's it's when you're talking, you're probably using your hands a lot. Like you're like you're an Italian person, and you like like the like you're putting all your fingertips together, like you're doing like like that that thing. And as you're doing that, you're probably subconsciously grabbing the mic and the the the, the wire and unplugging it on accident. It's not a big deal. I've done it multiple times. I've seen other people do it. Just be aware of it. Just be aware of it. I'm not doing it. Just be aware of it. I'm not doing that. I'm not even moving my hands. That's fine. I mean, you don't think you are, but I can I can see you and you are, so But I'm not. It's fine. And I'm not. Yeah. But what I, I mean was, it's all right. <laughs> but what I was saying was what was I saying? What was I Fuck. I mean, you were probably using your hands to say something. Oh no. <laughs> what what I was saying was a lot of people have pointed out that the Rage Against the Machine version is in a 4-4 time signature, but the Springsteen version is in a 3-4 time signature. Ooh. Yeah. I, Except I for like I, the last... I could care less. The last part, I guess, is in a 4-4, but I mean, yeah, who gives a fuck? I mean, pretty much like all of Rage is 4-4 is four, four, because they, they like to follow that structure. Yeah. There's this, there's like Rage has a formula that they've perfected, and, and we talk about it so much. The repetition of the choruses, the repetition of the outros, that four-four time where they just constantly do the same thing over and over, mm-hmm. and like the riff. This riff is your generic rage. If there, if you were on Audacity or or any other like music recording program, and you were trying to like do a riff, and you like like the drop-down menu said rage style riff, it would be this riff. <laughs> it is very rage. It's very, uh, yeah. That's exactly what it is. You put it you you put it into a bot and it'll spit this out. A rage <laughs> bot and this is what it spits <laughs> Fucking out. Fucking generic rage. Yeah, you're absolutely even <laughs> even the verses like when it, the first listen through, I was like, okay, it has some cool like funky little parts on the guitar, and then the second time I listened to it, it's like, wow, this is really forgettable. Like, it, that that part was interesting the first time, but then after that, it it doesn't it doesn't stay with you at all, and it's just kind of boring and generic, but. This song got to the point for me, like like uh, in the intro, I, I I typed out heavy rage stuff, tips, you know, typical fucking rage, <laughs> and then it got to the point where I thought it was, there was a bridge coming in, and then I was like, wait a second, is this the bridge? Because then there was another bridge, and I, I I got lost because everything just kind of sounded the same. Yeah. And then damn, that Tom Morello solo was just so fucking bootleg <laughs> and phony, and like it was just like an obligatory Morello solo. Yeah, pretty much. I, I mean, this is what happens when a band, they put out a record that they just don't even care for, that they, that was released after they broke up. I've, I've defended this one, this record to the nail from you. And and you've always said that this is, they phone this in and you can tell. And this is, this is the song that I, I I completely agree with you. But yeah, this song is just, it's, it's just okay. It's not horrible. It's just okay. You got so many other bangers. I feel like we haven't talked about like a big banger in a while. I know, I know. Even it's though "Take the Power Back" was kind of a banger, but it wasn't lyrically. It wasn't all there. The like the best part of this song for me in the Rage version was the outro when Zach was just kind of like screaming into the mic, and it almost sounded like they recorded it live, like it was a live take mm-hmm. from like a concert because it was very he's, the, he's popping his peas a lot. And it was—it just—it sounded very, very live-y. Yeah. And that was—that was the best part for me. Other, other than that, this was just run-of-the-mill rage. This should have been a B-side to like something mm. from, from I guess from this album, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I don't know, man. Yeah. I just really disappointed in this song. 
I, no, I thought I, this I was agree. going to be better. I agree for the most part. I was too. I did like the helicopter sound in the beginning, though the helicopter guitar. I've always liked when Tom Morello does that. But yeah, other than that, it's the musically, it's whatever. It's just whatever. But let's just let's get into the lyrics real quick, and we'll you know fight through that. So what do you got on the first? I mean, verse? Yeah, we. The, uh, this whole thing is just, is just about uh, like poverty, right? This is, this is kind of exploring the aspect of society in regards to poverty. Yes. yes. Poor peeps, double P's. Oh, God. It's just, it, it builds like the imagery, especially in, in the verses. It, it just, it builds this world. And I think that is great. I think that's, that's cool because it can, I don't just like listening to it and reading the lyrics. You can, you can really see visually in your mind what they're talking about, what is going on, what is happening. And you can actually, and then because that world is being built, you're more empathetic to it. Yeah. You can feel what they're feeling. Yeah. So that's cool. I dig that. See what I liked about it. So if you don't know, I, I don't, I didn't know until today when I was reading about it, but because I never read the grapes of wrath, but, or seen, or have I seen the movie, but I guess it's about, you know, Tom Joad, he's the main character and, it's him and his family traveling from Oklahoma from the Dust Bowl to California during the Great Depression and the, the whole story of that. And that's kind of that's what this song is based off of was that as well as the Woody Guthrie song, Tom Joad, which is actually really, really, really good. I thought it, I thought it was great. Did you listen to it? Dude, that, I totally forgot. I love Woody Guthrie and and. I don't know why I forgot to it's, do that. So it's, that that's on it's me. great. That's on and me. it's in its two parts. There's two parts to it. So, and in and, and, and the whole, it's like six minutes long, but it's it's very good. It's the best part of this entire song is the Woody Guthrie version. Damn. Is the Woody Guthrie version, which is, was only, you know, insp- only inspired Bruce Springsteen. But, but anyway, so, so, so that, that's kind of what the Grapes of Wrath is. And so what I thought was cool in this song was that Springsteen, he was, the way he was like, telling the story was from like the the viewpoint of tom joad or like people from the dust bowl coming to california but then like he throughout the verses he would or the end the chorus as well he would like pepper in things that would that actually like were references to modern day which was 1995 and i thought that was really cool because they they he he was able to do it in a way where you can view the song from both generations i thought that was really interesting I th- felt like he did a really good job at, at that. And yeah, no, I I, I agree. I, I I really wish I would have read that book. I don't read books like ever. Yeah. So I, I when I say I wish, I mean like in high school and college, I wish I had read those books <laughs> because to be honest, I I don't think I've read a book since college, like through and through. Really? No, I haven't. No, not at Damn, all. Damn, that's no. crazy. I, yeah, I just I I'm not a, I'm not a reader. I don't. I get fidgety. I don't have the attention span. That's why I like newspapers so much is because I can sit down for 30 minutes and just crank out a bunch of different articles and be done with it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, whatever. I, I really wish I would have read the, the, the grapes of wrath because maybe this, this stuff would have meant more to me. Maybe, maybe I'd have, I would have connected more with the concept of searching for the ghost of Tom Joad. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think, I think I'm going to go back and read the grapes of wrath just cause I've, I'm like very curious. It, just, it does sound really good, and John Steinbeck is. I like his. I've only read one of his books, but I what else did he? He, he wrote men. something that we read in high school. Uh, that's yeah. what, with Lenny and uh, what's the other uh, name? Carl was it Carl? No, it's no. from Simpsons. <laughs> Wait, Lenny and oh, dude, what was his name? 
Lenny and something. George. Was it? Oh, it was. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was George. George. Yeah, yeah. Lenny and George. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think I'm going to go back and read this sometime. Sometime soon. Uh, but yeah, so, so the first verse is like what, what I just said, you know, he, you, you mainly think he's talking about that people coming from Oklahoma or the Dust Bowl to, to California. And then he brings in like, and then he talks about like, you know, the helicopters flying overhead or the choppers flying overhead or something like that. So he, he relates it to modern day of the time. And that's pretty much it for the first verse. And then yeah. the chorus, I mean, the chorus is more, it just, it, this whole song kind of builds on itself lyrically. So it's just more of kind of the same but like the the thing is is what like what is 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 the ghost itself of Tom Jett? Is that a concept that I'm missing? Is that an actual person that died that I should be aware of? I think the ghost of I think him saying the ghost of Tom Jode is that you know Tom Jode was in was in the twenties, but the ghost is how is kind of like maybe it like signifies that that stuff's still going on like the ghost of people moving to a better life or following the the American dream how that's just it just constantly follows the generations but did he did that person die is that just a, a, I don't know. a figure of speech i think it's just a figure I, that, of speech that's, i think it's just a figure of speech like that's the part that was lost on me maybe because i was so irritated by the music i just couldn't get into the lyrics but that concept of who is the ghost of tom joe <laughs> maybe that's part of the mysticism of the song and the in the novel i don't know because the song is dumb and i just don't even care <laughs> Oh, and no. I feel like I really miss like a big one here. If it, you know, I, I don't know. I, to me, I don't think it's that this song is that important either. But that's just my own kind of thing on Bruce Springsteen. I think that that's where it falls flat for me. But the chorus here, it just it like I said, it it piggybacks off the the, the first verse by adding by adding essentially that people from both eras or both generations they both are looking for that American dream or just that dream in general of like better, a better life. And they soon realize that it's just all a lie. We're, we're spoon fed this, like, you know, it's so great here. It's so great. Do this, do that. But in, in it's never actually real. Like everything we see in here is not really real. It's like constant propaganda. It's weird. Yeah. And then the second verse, it's just more of that. <laughs> it's, it's saying, it's talking about how like once you start on the path of like looking for that better life, at that point there's no there's no turning back like you you you've invested so much time and effort into to pursuing it and then once you realize that it's unattainable it's too late like you've you've gone too far and that's kind of what happened in the grapes of wrath from what i was reading like they had already traveled so far to california and they had sold and they had no money they had nothing and there's no way they could turn back and go to oklahoma so they just kept going there was there was two things in this in the second verse that i thought were cool one uh, with a hole in your belly and a gun in your hand, I thought that was that was, I mean that's pretty straightforward. But that's I think that's a powerful statement. Yeah. In itself, I think so too. And the other one was uh, when the preacher he lights up a cigarette and, and he says he's waiting for the time when the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Mm-hmm. And I think that can be taken a couple ways. One way is 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 that that concept of like nice guys finish last and turn the other cheek and that kind of uh, Christian mentality. Mm-hmm. And and so that that preacher is hoping that he's always put other people first. So hopefully now he's going to be the first person, and the people that are always you know in the front of the lines, moving their elbows trying to get to the front of that food line, those people will now be last. So like kind of in that concept of my faith has been has been putting me last this whole my whole life, mm-hmm. 
And at some point, I believe that at some point I'm going to be first. And, and that's such a, like in my opinion, it's such a broken, sad mentality. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's so, it's so lonesome and it's so, it's, it's so backwards. Yeah, man, I, I agree with you on that. It's, it, this is like a truly depressing song. I just it wish is. the music was better, man. I really wish the music was better because I, I really dig the lyrics. I really, really dig the lyrics in this. Like we've heard, we've heard Rage. I mean, we bring this up all the time, but we've heard Rage do depressing music with f- fucking really depressing lyrics. Maria, arguably like oh, their yeah. best output of such, and this could have been something like that, especially because they already had a blueprint to work from. Mm-hmm. And I just don't understand how they fucked it up. I know. I know. I, I just, I don't, I don't understand why they did this or they did it this way. They, I don't know why they treated these lyrics this way. Like they could have, I mean, the song is already better than the original, but they could have like really made this better than the original. I just don't get it. I don't get it either. So are you good with the, the second verse? Yeah. Okay. So then let's, let's just hop into the, the third verse and then we're good with that. So what, what do you have on the third verse? Uh, are, we, are we looking at like the bridge part? I guess okay, yeah, the bridge part, yeah. So, so like this one, this one is 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 actually somebody talking to, I guess, the narrator. But then it got weird because it starts off with with Tom mm-hmm. said, and so like the narrator is talking about somebody else. Again, the the ghost of Tom Jode, and I don't understand like what that ghost is. So enlighten me, somebody. I don't know, <laughs> but this one's kind of cool because it uh, there's actual like dialogue, right? There's actual dialogue. It says whenever you see any type of injustice. At, at least I will be there. And whenever you hear something like that, you know, whenever like, oh, whenever you see poverty or whenever you see sickness, I'll be there with you. That just mm-hmm. means you're fucked. <laughs> That's just somebody else's way of saying you're fucked, but at least you can just think of me and maybe feel better. Yeah. So that's always depressing. <laughs> <laughs> but it was also right? very preachy. In, in like, in, in movies, whenever like somebody says, oh, don't worry, even though I'm dying, I'll always be with you. That's just, you're fucked, dude. Yeah, it's true. You are fucked, but at least my last thing I can say to you is hopefully you feel better while you realize that you're fucked. Yeah, that's that's exactly kind of what it means. It's almost like an empty promise in a way. Well, absolutely. It always tends it, to be an empty th- promise. Without faith, it, it, it is not possible to be fulfilled. True. That, you cannot yeah, physically true. be there with somebody if you're not there. Yeah. And what I thought was weird about this part I don't feel like this part of the song lyrically connects with the rest of the song. I feel like it comes completely out of left field. Like, cause what, what I kind of get from it is that this is pretty much saying like people need to show more empathy for like, like marginalized groups or they need to like, they just need to like be better to everyone else. And I feel like that doesn't make sense with what we've been reading. Cause what we've been reading tells a story and us being essentially duped by, the the dream or the American dream, but this is like, I I it's a very very loose connection, and I don't I think this is this bridge and then third verse and the original song just don't make any sense to me. I feel like we we do pretty well on like on like the lyrics, and we do we do pretty well on on, on understanding and at least like empathizing and and dissecting. But this one I'm fucking lost on. Dude. I'm lost and I don't I don't like it. I don't even really care either. <laughs> To be honest, so I could tell. I, <laughs> I it's know. great. And then, of course, I mean, like we all know that that Zach likes to repeat himself, 
Um, and but of all the lyrics to repeat, he just says, "You'll see me." I just I think that was so cheesy. To repeat that line just over and over and over again, I thought was was really cheesy. I didn't like that that part either. I would have I would have preferred if he if he went back to to like a a, a repetition of Tom Joe to reinforced 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 <laughs> that that name because I mean it's a, it's a, it's I'm in like a musical and literary sense it's a very popular name Tom Joad. Yeah. and so like why not just say Tom Joad over and over that's that's effective that's fun yeah that might have worked better but you, but you'll see me that's just that's that's too emo. Yeah, no, I don't like I, I don't like that either. Dumb. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So I think that's about it for the lyrics. You got anything else to say about it? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> okay. All right. So there, like I said earlier, there was like an alter there was an alternate version from when they played it in 1997 originally to this recorded version on Renegades, but it's very subtle. There's it's not that big of a difference because. Honestly, it's a very basic song and it's played at the same tempo. It's whatever. I don't know. There's nothing great about it. Did you, did you watch or hear that original version? No. No. Yeah. no. So no no real music video for this, just like some compilations of live footage. Um, let's see here. I did say they already played it live. Bruce Springsteen, uh, when Tom Morello was touring with him a few years ago, they would play this song all the time, and they would they would take take turns doing lead vocals, which I thought was cool. <laughs> but after like <laughs> two three minutes of it, I'm like, dude, I'm over this. Like this is just like nah, I just I dumb. Yeah, I just couldn't stupid. do it anymore. Could not do it. Anymore. I just don't care. So I'm not even gonna play it because it's just I just don't care. Yeah, I just don't care. Um, the um, Prophets of Rage technically did play this song live. And but Chuck B and uh, Chuck B Chuck D and B Real Chuck B they uh they weren't they didn't do any vocals instead Aaron Bruno from AWOL Nation did the vocals and it was just just as boring so yeah um let's see here and then Rise Against don't forget our boys from Rise Against yeah I know Rise Against Rise Against don't, don't rise, worry I didn't forget Rise Rise Against Rise Against did a fucking nine minute cover of this <sighs> it was so boring. That, Made no sense. Very boring. Weird blend of, of styles. Acoustic with Morello's winking and just yeah. dumb. It didn't make any sense. I did not like it at all. It was pretty dumb. awful. Okay, so with the what I what else I got here? Yeah, the Rise Against one was awful, and then <laughs> um, I did find one where it said Tom Morello and Roger Waters from Pink Floyd. Oh boy, they do a cover of this with the Wounded Warriors Foundation, and there's a bunch of like disabled. Uh, veterans and stuff on the stage. Just begging. There's uh, pandering, I guess. Yeah, and then Tom Morello gives like a four-minute speech before it, Ugh. and I'm like, where the fuck is Roger Waters? Like, I I couldn't find him on stage, and he's like tucked in the back playing the acoustic guitar, kind of. He barely has a spotlight on him, and he's just like playing along to the with the chords, and I'm just like, dude, you have Roger Waters on stage, and <sighs> boring, and he's, and he's not even singing. He's not even singing. He has no mic in front of him. And it was just, it was just silly. It just, it was not a very good cover. And I don't know. Did like you watch the, it at all or no? No. But yeah. that, that kind of, like maybe there's, a, there's, there's this like Springsteen effect. Because whenever you hear even like the, the name Bruce Springsteen, you, you automatically think America. 
Yeah. Then whenever you hear his music, you automatically think patriotism. And maybe that's just like a Springsteen effect. I mean, he did have the song Born in the USA. Or I think that was the name of the album, too, wasn't it? Born in the USA. I don't fucking know. I don't like Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> uh, you fucking love the guy. He fills out anyway, those tight pants pretty um, good, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, no. Okay, well, here's uh, here's something else. So I got... I got three covers left. I've got three covers. Two of them I think are pretty pretty good, pretty cool. Uh, one of them is from a a, a much hated band, and uh, it's Nickelback. They did a cover of the Rage version. Thankfully, it was the Rage version. And uh, and at the beginning of the video, Chad Kroger, the singer, is saying like that Rage is his favorite band, and it sucks that they they just broke up. But this idiot? is, and he said that pretty much. You know, here's here's us playing the Ghost of Tom Joad. So here's uh, here's Nickelback's version, and honestly, it's not that bad. So here we go. This is the ghost of old Tom Jones. that one jeff first of all you played way too much of that song uh <laughs> second of all we've talked about I this fill before. Up time we've talked about this cover before and i think this is we? this is i think this is from the same one the same concert where before this happens he he kind of yelled out like do you guys want to hear more nickelback and everyone's like yeah you know okay that's cool we're here so oh. that's fine and then he's like how about do you guys want to hear us do rage and everyone just lost their shit that's right. So even even people that come to see Nickelback would rather hear Nickelback do Rage than Nickelback do Nickelback. <laughs> You're right. But uh, I mean, this is this is no more fun or boring than the Rage version. It's just fucking same. It song. just wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be because I expect so little of Nickelback. Even even yeah. when we when yeah. we gave them a chance and we did their one of their albums on the pod, like on a forgotten episode. Yeah. That was brutal. Yeah. So. That was surprisingly brutal. <laughs> oh God! Impressively brutal. But still, it wasn't that bad. The, this version wasn't that bad. 
Uh, now this this next one I have here is uh, it's more of an acoustic jam, and uh, it came from somebody named Paul Adele. The name sounds really familiar, but I I, couldn't, I can't place it. It was posted eight years ago. You're probably thinking of Chuck Liddell. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, uh, it was posted eight years ago. Has sixteen thousand views, and uh, it's it's kind of an acoustic version. It's it's a little bit different, and I honestly I think it might be better than the Bruce Springsteen version. So here we go. Here we go. Oh, damn. What'd you think of that one? A little bit different, huh? It was fine. Had he not modulated that uh, or added that effect in there, it would have been a little boring. But that was cool. That was fine. Yeah, that was the coolest part. Was the that that chorus part with the voice effect? I'm I'm also cool with never hearing that again. Oh yeah, it's fine. Just like I'm cool with never hearing the Bruce Springsteen version ever again. (laughs) Yeah, same. So it's not saying much. That's true. And then the last thing I have here, uh, this is this is Elvis Costello and Mumford and Sons doing a cover of the Bruce, Sting, Bruce Springsteen version, because honestly there aren't a lot of um, a lot of uh, rage versions of it, and the ones that I found are just like they're just as boring as the original. Like they they add nothing to it. They sound exactly like the original, and that's not very much fun. So. So yeah, th- this is this one was kind of interesting just because it's Elvis Costello, and uh, here it is, the Ghost of Tom Joad. Welcome to the new world order. Families sleeping in their cars in the southwest. No home, no job, no peace, no rest. The highway. Lots of people out east they say Leaving home most every day Beating the hot and dusty way To the California line Across the desert sands they roll Getting out of that old dust bowl Think they're 
Do you love it because it's Elvis Costello and you're a Costello man now? <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not like a huge Elvis Costello fan, but um, no, it was cool. It's cool to see a bunch of a bunch of guys out there with acoustic instruments, um, you know, doing their thing. I think Mumford and Sons are, are pretty good. I like them. I think so, too. I, I'm with you. I, I don't understand why they get so much hate because I think they're honestly pretty damn good. But Maybe because they're, 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 they're very stripped down and they don't, I mean, not that it's a bad thing because look at Rage, but they don't. They don't change their style too much, and it's it's always that Mumford and Son style. But I mean, that's that's what makes them special. But I think that's why people think they're stupid because oh, it just sounds like Mumford and Sons again. <laughs> but it sounds good. I don't get it. I, I honestly wow. think they're good. But so anyway, that, that that's all I got. There was like n- there was nothing good cover wise. Nothing interesting, silly or stupid. That was it. That's all I got. Okay. So, who is your MVP on this song? What do you got? Um, well, I've only I've only done this once where I, I gave nobody to the MVP <laughs> because you don't you don't there doesn't have to be a best right just like there doesn't have to be a worst there doesn't if uh, nobody nobody did good here yeah it's true so, so nobody gets it there is no MVP oh my god dude it's nobody no gets fun. it nobody gets it you got to give it somebody. No, nobody Ooh, deserved it. B Dubs, <clears throat> I, was he even in this? I don't know. <laughs> Timmy C, I heard nothing. Nothing, non-existent. So it would only be between between Morello and Zach, and I guessed. I guess if I had to pick, just based off of the like the last like two lines that Zach says that I liked, that were kind of in that that live style format. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go Zach, but I mean I don't even want to. Oh God. See, I, my MVP, I'm going to go with Tom. Because Zach did nothing for me in this song. Nothing at all. And the little things that Tom did, mainly just the helicopter sound at the beginning is the only reason why I'm going to give this, give it to him, is the helicopter sound. Yeah, that's really the only reason. Okay. That's it. I, it just Other than that, it's pretty plain old people. Pretty plain old people. Uh, so we got anything else to say about this one, about this song, about anything in general? Um, no, no, and no. And no, no, and no. All right, well, this is Rage Against the Pod. Thank you all for listening to it. Uh, go to iTunes, go rate review, and subscribe to us on there. Give us a five-star rating and review because um, we, we need more of them. We need more of them. We need more listeners. And uh, thank you to everyone who has listened and still listens. Uh, go to our social media at, Asinine, or at um, Rage Against the Pod. At, and once again, yeah, that's it. That's all. Oklahoma, Kansas, Georgia, Tennessee.